Welcome in, welcome in. It is uh, the infamous day of Monday after Super Bowl, and this is Sports Banter with your host, the Polar Bear, and Mr. Peanut. Season two, episode 30, correct? That absolutely correct. Nailed it. And we are jumping right into it, and we are jumping into Super Bowl. So, you know, we... We had started, uh, you know, Super Bowl week off with going through our draft. Um, very, very nice draft to go to start the week off with. And, you know, you, of course, are in a different area for the Super Bowl this year. And I want to know how <laughs> Mr. Peanut's setup was for Super Bowl. Yes. Good, good, uh, good start. Because it was much different than usual. As oh. we brought on my my father to the uh, Super Bowl snake draft, you heard of the impending giant celebration that was heading toward uh, Springwood Lane in Encinitas, California. That's, That's right. my normal venue. Got about 30, 30 old heads deep. <laughs> and uh, their offspring are generally around me and Ryan's age. So that's kind of but that's been my party since probably I was nine years old. So like I said, I moved to Boston uh, and it was very much different, but we did what we could. So it was just me and Jackie in our new apartment. Um, wow. And we had a little, made our own little spread, like really went hard in the grocery store hours before the game. Cause here's another thing, Polar Bear. I'm used to the game being in the afternoon, 6.30 out here. Oh yeah. I, I just could not wrap my head around that. I have, it's like two hours before the game. I go, I just feel like I'm missing the game, although it is not close to happening yet. Right. Um, but we prevailed, and my God, was it a game. One of my favorite Super Bowls in recent memory, but maybe ever. And that's what I want to get into with you, my friend, because, wow. man, where do we even begin? Where do we begin? I mean, well, let's just start with this. <clears throat> I would I would say that it was a game that you and I had previously spoken about and wanted to be the game that we you know wanted to see. And I even said like, hey, maybe we'll get a tie going to overtime, which mm-hmm. you know through the game, especially towards the end there, I was going, oh, maybe get a little overtime action. Um, but you know, I think maybe we just start off with how the game started. I'm yeah. gonna start off with uh national anthem. We're gonna start there. And one Chris Stapleton, um, you know, one of my favorite artists. So hearing him doing the national anthem was exceptional. Also, thought he did an exceptional, amazing job at the national anthem. Um uh <laughs> The Eagles coach, uh, Tierini is what they're calling him now. Oh. <laughs> and, you know, crying during the national anthem. I mean, you know, a lot of people are giving him shit for that. But and and then there's others that are just saying, hey, that was that was all the emotions of the season coming out right there. And I, I would tend to agree with that. And, you know, I, even to this day, when the national anthem comes on, I still get goosebumps from playing. Brings me back to when I played. I know you probably feel the same, but I mean. If we're just starting there, that that was a great kickoff, no pun intended, oh, yeah. to the game. Um, yes, Chris Stapleton, to start there. I was more curious about the over-under of the national anthem, which I'm always interested in. It's just how I'm wired. I don't know yeah. why I find that so amusing. But the over-under was like uh, 119.5 seconds, so basically two minutes. And I'm going, right. two minutes? That seems like a really long time. And I'm clocking it at home. I had one minute 59, like 97. Oh, wow. So it was like a razor thin over. Um, so electric start out the gate. And then they peer to Sirini. Whoa. Just, that's pure football guy. It's just, yeah. a, oh, you yeah. have to understand kind of what you were saying. The, the culmination of emotions that you made it to this point in the season, the championship. Um, it's if you're looking for, like the words to describe it, I don't think I can illustrate that right. because it's more of 
an overwhelming sense of we're here. This game's huge. I want this so bad for these guys. Yeah. It's just special. It's spe- the national anthem is special in itself. And I think that's what we saw. It's just we've seen Chris Jones on the other side kind of had a similar uh, reaction to it. And it's just the Super Bowl is such like a production of the championship game that I think it's right. – just as a human, like you're overwhelmed by all the things going on around you, and then you're in such an intense situation too. So your body's going through some, some things while you're down there, and it's showtime. Yeah. So some guys react like Sirianni, other guys are, you know, stoic. But it's it was no surprise that there was a few guys that were locked into that moment, and the emotion got the best of them. All time memes, I'm sure, but uh, I respect it. Yeah, I mean, I could totally see the Jordan memes of Jordan crying coming yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. That. It's like it, because of how it turned out, it might not work out so well. But at the yeah. time, I go, let's freaking go. And the game begins. Eagles get the ball to start the game. Chiefs won the right. coin toss, too. Oh, the coin toss, yeah. Uh, so I bet on that, too. Lost both of those. Was not a good betting bet by any stretch of the means. <laughs> but the way the Eagles started the game – was what they've been doing all year. I mean, they get the ball and they were talking. The announcers were talking about it, which was uh, Greg Olson and I don't know the other guy's name, but I love that Greg Olson got the opportunity to get in the booth for a big game like that. I thought they did. Uh, a really I feel good like job too. Yeah, I feel like he's uh, he's had a tremendous year in the booth and for and uh, it was just good to see like a player getting into that moment and shining a fresh with face his- as well. Yeah. But anyway, back to the Eagles. I mean, they just went right down the Chiefs' throat and just put it on them. A few fourth downs where they just do that classic quarterback sneak, unstoppable play. And they started, they set the tone of the game. It was five minutes, a five minute drive, completely dominant. Right. And I mean, it was right there. And then I go, whoa, Chiefs are in trouble. They have to respond immediately. I agree with that. I think one thing that, and I can't remember who said it, but right after the coin toss, as the Eagles were walking on to the field, um, it may have been Greg Olson, actually. And he said, you know, I wonder why the Chiefs gave them the ball yeah, to start yeah, the yeah, game off. And I heard that, and I go, well, first off, if it's the Super Bowl, I'm giving, I'm getting the ball in the second half, no matter what. Also, also yeah. number two, you know, he also put up, like, a statistic about them scoring – like whenever they've gotten the ball to start the game off, they've scored like 98% of the time or some, some, some statistic like that. And I go, man, the Eagles looked great. And, you know, you know, I know we'll, we'll flow through the game and you brought, you alluded to it was them eating up enough time in that oh first quarter. And I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll just even jump quote, you know, quickly into the first half. I'm pretty sure they had the ball about 21 or 22 minutes of Thursday. It was insane. And, and, and I think that, you know, that just shows what the Eagles offense is really driven by. It's played all the way down to the last second, which they did almost all game. And number two is lean a lot on their O-line. I mean, they were running the ball quite frequently. And whether they ran it with Jalen Hurts or, again, I don't know their running backs' names very well, but running with the running backs and things like that with the Eagles, I mean, they marched down and they did a very good job. And like you said, they set the tone for that first quarter. Yeah, and Jalen Hurts, I've, I always wonder who's going to come out and look a little uh, wide-eyed or jittery in the first moments because just, a, you know, if you've never been there before, it's probably like we've been talking about, a lot of emotions are going on within you. J- or Jalen Hurts looked just like he had been there a million times. That was, uh, that was impressive to me because yeah. you got a guy who's, what is he, like 24, 25, um, and he just goes out there and it's basically like, they they everything they'd rep they were uh executing as such and like that first drive i mean he's taking shots he's taking he's dunking the ball he's running the ball yeah he's doing everything that's in the game plan you could just see like he oh, wasn't yeah. going to try to try to do anything else different than what had got them there to that point right so yeah, I mean, the, they finished off on the touchdown run there by Hertz to make it 7-0, and immediately I go, the Chiefs have to respond. Correct. And boy, did they. I mean, this this really was the entire game. And we'll get into the 
the different sides of the game. But so the Chiefs go down, and on their first drive, they scored Travis Kelsey, another, you know, Mahomes Kelsey touchdown catch, which they've, they've now, they're getting to that top tier of like breaking the records for, like they're chasing Montana and Rice, I think, at this point. Yeah. They're like six touchdowns away from that. Um, but the Chiefs, for the Chiefs to go down and answer that call to battle, and for there to be, like, it was only like a four minute drive for them. So immediately seven to seven. And I'm going, okay, we got like a heavyweight championship here. Like n- these teams are made for each other. Right. And they're still able to execute offensively just as, just as they've done all year. And I mean, right there. And then I knew this could be one of the best Super Bowls ever, just based on how these guys are operating. Well, and early on in that game, you know, Again, we'll jump into more of the second half, second quarter now, but jumping into like the second quarter and seeing how much time the Eagles were playing with. But to that point, how quickly, if not, you know, after one or two drives, the Chiefs were able to respond. Now, I think this, you know, the second half for the Eagles was their best quarter of football, the second quarter, excuse me. The second quarter was their best quarter of football. I mean, they scored 17 points and they just, they just showed the chiefs like, Hey, this is how we're going to play and we're going to make moves. I will note this though. And this is what I said um, early in the game. And I may have texted you or I may have texted someone else about it, but Travis Kelsey and the chiefs wide receivers just felt wide open. And again, windows are made to be thrown into but I mean, these were houses. They there was no one around them, they, and and that <laughs> that just showed I think a little bit of the miscues in the Eagles' defense at those times, which I saw, which ended up you know really hurting them towards the end of the game. Yeah, and then banking off the point of the second quarter, uh, the Eagles looked like this was their game to win at yeah. in this quarter. Like you're saying, they scored 17. We basically had the ball the entire quarter, which was impressive enough. I mean, every third down, every pass that needed to be made, every – I mean, they just were executing. They were – and little by little, too, so the clock is just going and going and going. So, and if you're not giving Mahomes the ball while going forward, that is – obviously, that's exactly what you want. Right. But right. then – but then when the Eagles scored the their second touchdown with the Jalen Hurts to A.J. Brown connection where he just hucks it deep, and oh, AJ yeah. Brown adjusts while it, like he wasn't it wasn't even really the play like the adjustment is what made the catch. And right there and then I go, I mean, this is going to be an absolute shootout if this is what we're going to do here. Um, incredible throw, online trust his guy to make the play, and that's exactly why they traded for AJ Brown to make those kind of plays. And he's been doing that all year. Correct. And then again, I go. Chiefs are in trouble. They're going to have to respond. And they didn't really until the Eagles were back on offense, ironically enough, and the fumble for the touchdown happens. That was just Gosh. bananas. First bananas call of the Super Bowl. I go, whoa, buddy. I, I literally know. was just standing up for the majority of the game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when he when Jalen Hurts fumbled that that ball the first time, or well, the only time I think you, he personally fumbled in the game, I go, ooh, can't have that happen. Not in this stage, not against this type of team. And, and you know, again, he, I saw what he was doing. He's just trying to get the ball into his hand. You know, he's moving adjustments. But, again, around that type of defensive front and around that type of defense, that's a scary move and a move that maybe a more veteran quarterback wouldn't have done. Um, but, again, the Chiefs were able to capitalize on it, and they were – I mean, good Lord, man. Good Lord. If you can score like that in the Super Bowl, it's – and really any game, but in the Super Bowl particularly, it's scary. It's, it's massive because oh. you're taking away a possession from them and scoring at the same time, especially when that offense wasn't even really getting on the field or getting that right. momentum going. It was massive, right. massive for the Chiefs. But credit to the Eagles in response to that, for putting together another drive for a touchdown, another dominant drive, take just dominating time of possession, dominating. They basically had the ball for like 22 minutes, and right. the the Chiefs had eight. 
that would equal 30. So that makes sense. There you go. <laughs> but they scored again on a, a Hertz run. So he already had two rushing touchdowns. And I'm, that's, I think, when I texted you and I go, well, if the Eagles win, we know the MVP is because this guy's playing his ass off already. Right, right. And then here's where stuff really started to get interesting. The storyline started to change a little bit because now it's 21-14. Chiefs have the ball. They're trying to answer like they have been. And Mahomes scrambles to the left. And on third down, and then uh, the uh, Philly D lineman just wraps up his legs, and he lands on his ankle, writhing in pain. Right, and I immediately I go first thought, no, no, yeah. please don't take this game away from us by letting Patrick be hurt and Chad yeah. Henney come in for that quarterback because that's a death sentence. Yeah, that's a death sentence to the Chiefs. No disrespect to Henney, but he's not Mahomes, not close. So that was my first thought. Because, I mean, he had gotten hurt in the Jaguars game. We talked about that. And he his reaction on the sideline at that point was much more adamant of put me back in and I'm good yeah. to go. This time he was on the benches, ah, like clearly in pain. And I go, oh, shit. I, I figured he was going to give it a shot, but you never know how healthy this guy is. Like, what is he actually dealing with? What is a high – like? How much tolerance can you have on a high ankle sprain? No, we have no idea. He's the only guy who knows it, and he actually didn't get to go back on the field after that. He actually what was early, yeah. Yeah, so what were you thinking about when Mahomes goes down originally? When Mahomes went down, I, I think you had texted me immediately, and I go, fuck. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I think, you know, when I immediately saw it, I go, you know, it was a football play because I'm always thinking, you know, that weird thought of someone just trying to get him out. You know, I don't think that ever really crosses. Fair play. Fair play. Yeah, it was an it was a fair play. And and you know, when he went down and he was in pain, you know, I, like you said, we never really know. We never really understand what what's being actually portrayed to us through media. You know, we're never we're never told the truth when the, when it comes to injuries. I mean, look at the Tatis thing. If we're gonna go into that, we we're never we're never told the truth. Tatis gets brought up in the Super Bowl review. That's right. That. <laughs> and and you know, but I think you and I had the exact same opinion. It's like, oh man, I don't want to see a Super Bowl come down to this kind of injury. And I didn't think he was not gonna play. I just was hoping that you know at least he tries tries to come back in and him going early into the locker room, they gave him whatever, you know, horse medicine he needed to come back out and play with. And he did it. And, you know, you know, I know we'll get into it, but he really showed (laughs) who he was. Yes. Okay. So going into the second half now, whoa, this is where, (laughs) first of all, our questions were answered from what we had seen at the end of the half with Mahomes, the, the Eagles were up 10, dominant half. I texted a few of my buddies who are Eagles fans again. Halfway there, I mean, that was just about as good as a half as you want as a fan if you're on the winning side. Um, and then you have the question mark of Mahomes injury. You have the question mark of are the Chiefs going to answer offensively? Because really we had seen the two touchdown drives, but they had been – well, they hadn't been on the field, to be quite right. honest. But they hadn't – they just, it's like if the Eagles score again, now we're looking at 31 14. It's a completely different game. Correct. So I'm going, they got to score on this opening drive. And they came out like bats out of hell and on that first drive and in the second half altogether. Like I texted you, uh, as we'll get into, you know, the fourth quarter and everything that happened, but the Chiefs' second half was one of the more impressive. Uh, adjustments I've ever seen a football team make, whether it was just Andy Reid and uh, the OC or just like the players' mentality. But like I texted you, they were playing. Like if they lose, if they lose that game, we're not eating tomorrow. That's what it looked like to me. I mean, they they put it all on the line. Right. But anyway, we'll get to the bottom of that. But the the first drive with Pacheco getting the touchdown run. First, one of the first things we talked about was this Pacheco guy. I'm in. I'm in on this rookie. The guy I runs, runs angry. His body's going everywhere. 
he finds the hole, hits it, and just goes. And uh, it looked like they found a rhythm there in their first drive in the second half. You know, touching on Pacheco, it's really interesting. I I haven't seen a running back run so just like I'm here. Violent. Yeah, I guess that's the best word to describe it is violent. I haven't seen a running back run like that in the NFL in a while. And I feel like in the NFL, it's about finding holes, you know, like, hey, look for the pockets. And to there is a little truth there, but he is this downhill runner. You know, he is, I'm going to make the fucking hole. And <laughs> you're going to, you're going to feel it when I come in. And you know, one thing, and I, one thing I love about him, and I'll just touch on Pacheco, is I'm in on him. I think he's a great running back. I think he is a really key player for the Chiefs. I hope they pay the fuck out of him. Um, just honest opinion. And number two is when he got hit. I think it was in the fourth quarter when he got rocked. Oh yeah, and oh, he yeah. went no, down. Two plays later, he was back in running like his life depended on it. And you know what? That kind of mentality, I mean, that guy was living in the moment, running in the moment for his friend, for his boys. I am here. I'm going to show you guys that I'm not leaving anything else out on the field. And I'll be honest, you don't see that a lot with players, especially at the running back position. I mean, there are guys that are nimble, can juke, do this, that, or the other. But I haven't, and maybe I just haven't noticed, but I haven't seen a running back run just like, I'm going to show you what I'm doing here. And, and and he, he oh my gosh, I can't, I mean, I could talk another 45 minutes about him. <laughs> but Well, the fact that you brought up him coming back from uh, that that hit, we have to discuss what I was texting you about incessantly oh my god concede concede (laughs) (laughs) because well to the audience i'm texting polar bear to concede on his views about patrick mahomes because of the guts the absolute guts this guy played with yesterday oh my god i'm not a chiefs guy i'm a bears guy i was a chargers guy so like the chiefs who i I could care less about the chiefs but When your team's not in it, you got to find – well, first of all, you got to pick a side, depending on, you know, betting or who you like or whatever. And then you got to try to find something that you actually like, that they're they're playing like or whatever. My thing was when Mahomes came back from the injury and he's running on the ankle, he's scrambling on the ankle, uh, like when he had to, he absolutely had to just for the, the first down or – to push a drive forward, he was making every play, and he knew he was just gutting it out because he wasn't. Yeah. It didn't look like he was going that fast, but he. It was like that's what he has to do in this moment, and he's just a few of those scrambles. I'm just standing up, going, "Yeah, let's go!" <laughs> <laughs> I go, "This guy's unbelievable. He's he's on one leg. He's still zipping the ball everywhere. He knows he has that in his back pocket." Yeah, and to me, as the new era of quarterback is happening. So much I, I gained a lot more, and I've been talking about this for since the Jacksonville game when the same thing happened. I'm I've gained so much more respect for Patrick Mahomes, just as not the, the wins and losses is yeah, that's that will always give you the respect. But when a guy is willing to sacrifice his own body out there for the other guys to win the game, like I'm sure technically he could have been like my ankle's messed up and you know, I just, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Uh, granted it's a Super Bowl. Most guys probably try to play through it. Got to think about the future, man. Gotta, I got to think about the future. I can't. Right. But to, to literally sacrifice yourself and the future of that whole franchise for the guys that you're playing with. And then for the guys that you're playing with to back up that rhetoric of like, yeah, that's the type of guy he is. That's the type of competitor he is. I fucking love it. And there's a reason that he is Mahomes. I mean, there's a, the, that. I think the best thing for me was it's not just the pure talent that he possesses that makes him great. It's this that we haven't seen before. 
that he's like he's literally willing to play through anything and just gut it out out there and find a way and that's what i was like okay moms i'm in the floor is yours on (laughs) your concession (laughs) hey i think i i think you texted me concede concede and i said (laughs) i can't yes and i said not saying he isn't playing exceptionally well though you know and hey i'm never gonna knock the guy i'm not gonna knock the i'm not gonna knock his heart i'm not gonna knock his love I also, to the response of that, I said, you can't. I said, he's he's playing the exact way that you respect so much. <laughs> I know what I said. I know that's why it's hard. <laughs> it killed me because it was just so real. <laughs> but it, it is. And, hey, you know, I think I'm – Patrick Mahomes is a man that will play for his team and will – put everything on the line for his boys. I've got no knock on that. I'm just overhearing about Patrick Mahomes in that sense. I'm not, you know, just the gentleman is a strong teammate, a good teammate and teammate and someone I would probably want to play with if not play for, but I'm just overhearing about Patrick Mahomes. Nonetheless, love the guy for sticking it out. Um, you know, even this morning when I was talking about it, I was going, I mean, it's just the high ankle sprain. I mean, come on. Like, <laughs> how, how bad, how bad could it have really been? But what, so really, what really sold me was when and it may have been in the fourth <laughs> quarter when he scrambled out and he gained like 30 yards. Mm-hmm. I'm going, is the Eagles defense understanding what's going on right now? This guy's got one fucking leg and he's, he has three D linemen trailing him like any, and the thing is, he's got breakaway speed now. And I'm, I'm going, what the hell's going on? Is it Ricky Henderson running to second base? Like, no one's going to catch him? What the fuck? So, hey, Patrick Mahomes, you got my respect. He'll always have my respect. I'm just overhearing about him. <laughs> well, I don't think the after the Super Bowl is going to lessen how much. Oh, absolutely not. It's only going to increase. But, yeah, I mean, to that exact scramble that you're talking about, I really think the Eagles – I mean, they had to expect that he wasn't going to even attempt something like that. Yeah, but he was going to slide at some point. But nonetheless, he just kept going. I don't think you take that risk that in that portion of the game, you don't take that type of risk. And that was a bad defensive call in in my, you know, in my opinion. But so I'm I'm talking about Mahomes because that was the comeback that we were witnessing. Yeah. It was a 10-point comeback, so it wasn't anything, like, absurd. It wasn't 23, but still a comeback. I mean, you're going against the Eagles who are firing all cylinders, at least in the first half. But and what we talked about was a few of these plays, so the, the Chiefs are driving down, and they're finding ways to score. And in the fourth quarter, to take the lead back, they – so basically there was two touchdowns where guys were wide open. Oh my completely God. wide open and to the untrained eye you go well what, what the hell like you know get on that guy to me i'm going andy reed has found something that they're doing schematically that is leading to these guys being wide open right and that was a hundred percent correct because i watched luckily espn was the Trying to figure out the same thing that I was. What the hell's going it, it on? Was so, it was just so much more complex than, well, I mean, this guy's wide open. It obviously was different. Um, so I watched this, like, breakdown of the film from, uh, I think it was Tim Hasselbeck, quarter, played quarterback, so he understands shit. Oh, wow. At least a little bit. He wasn't great, but he at least can, like, break down film. Yeah. <laughs> but basically, they figured out that when they were motioning – and depending on how they were motioning, the Eagles DBs would either pass off mm-hmm. the yep. coverage in man or uh like completely chain position. So on on the first one, basically it's just like a motion and a mix up of the man, and then two guys cover one guy, and then the guy right. splits out wide open. Yeah, and that was one thing. I go, okay, that, that makes sense, just a miscommunication, the guy's wide open. Well, he was asking for the safety to come over the top and cover the un- the uncovered right. man, and it didn't yeah. happen. It's it's impossible. 
Right. So then the second one, which I found more impressive with uh, Kadarius Tony, who we'll get into with an unbelievable game-changing play. Right. Um, but the touchdown, it was it was phenomenally scripted by the Chiefs' brass. So <laughs> he go he he sprints in motion as if it's a jet, as if he's going to get the ball on a run. Right. So the guy, the man covering him, I think was Darius Slay. He sees how fast he's running and immediately like sprints to the middle of the field. And once that happens, they snap the ball. Tony stops, goes the other way. And it's like, that's over because the way the, the pass play was going, there was nobody else in that space. So, I mean, they, they were setting the Eagles secondary up because of what they saw in the first half. And I, I just thought that's an incredible adjustment. And you can see how incredible it is just based on these aren't even stressful throws. These are just get it to him so he can walk in. And it made a tremendous difference. And that's the Andy Reid difference. I I don't understand. I'm extremely jealous and envious of someone that can make those decisions so quickly in a sense of, oh, I know exactly what they're doing or Oh, I see that they're trying to pass off or shift. Like I'm incredible. Mind you, I'm a I'm a front seven guy, so I'm looking at the guys down low. I'm rarely looking at the guys up top unless they're coming up or I'm trying to look at a coverage. But the fact that they're the fact that Andy Reid and not just in Andy Reid, but Andy Reid's staff was able to notice that because someone in his staff said, "Hey, this is what I'm noticing. I just want to make a suggestion. Whether it was Andy Reid himself or someone that he has within his bubble shows how good, how great of a coach he is. He's able to, one, again, we don't know. I don't know if Andy Reid is going like, hey, this is what I'm seeing. Or it's someone within his little bubble going, hey, Andy, I think this is what they're doing. Because that that is just amazing invaluable. i know oh, I, great word invaluable and that those adjustments to make the defense just look silly and, oh. and amazing and, and and again to the untrained eye like you said it's oh fuck why is he so open like what did they do but then when you really start getting into it and you understand the coverages and what was going on mm-hmm. that, that makes it, it makes it that much more impressive oh my gosh yeah i mean it was Again, we always talk about second halves. A big thing with me, and I know we'll get into it, is, and I, I said this um, to one of my coworkers, I said, if you are going to try and drain, and we're going into the Eagles now, if you're going to try and eat up that much, that amount of time with, you know, running down the clock and things like that, you have to be able to score in the fourth quarter because that team is going to understand what's going on and be able to respond like the chiefs did you have to be prepared to flip the switch and score quickly in the fourth quarter to ensure your win and the chiefs didn't i mean excuse me the eagles just didn't have the opportunity nor the the foresight to do that i didn't feel like they were they were trying to change what they were doing and you know stick to what you know but at some point you have to make an adjustment it was definitely a tale of two halves because the second half Eagles, a few people text me, they go, they just look flat. They look different. And they the Chiefs, tired. like I'm talking about, they looked like they were not going to allow this loss to happen without right. putting everything out there. So, like, everything had flipped for whatever reason. I mean, it really comes down to execution. And I think that really is the bottom line is the Chiefs' adjustments win that game. Coaching won that game, which was awesome to see. Yeah. You, you know, you usually it doesn't always pan out exactly like that, but you you could just tell. And credit to the players for executing on, in the second half as well at a high level, basically every drive. Um, but the adjustments that we're talking about made an, an incredible difference. Oh yeah. As as well as some massive plays, which one I want to talk about is the punt return from hell. Kadarius <laughs> oh Tony. Um, wow, that was electric to put it lightly. Um, you know, because if it's a normal punt return, what you, 
either fair catches it or gets like three yards and then they're on their own uh like 30 but he took it back nearly all the way oh yeah the move that really did it and tremendous blocking on that by the way as well um well i would say i would i would say yes there was good blocking i'm not going to disagree with that but if you look at the eagles they all over pursued it it was because this really up on the eagles part and this is what happened. He caught the ball, and he was – basically, he was angled to where he's going to get tackled normally by, like, four guys. But in the way that he was hit, he probably should have fallen down, but he just – he caught his balance enough to where he was still up. Yes. And his momentum was taking him the complete other way. Correct. And then he was fast enough to get to the corner, and then all of the Eagles guys had already flowed to the other side. And I go, oh, shit, this is actually going to turn into something. Once I figure out there's nobody over there, so it was just – there's nothing really more to say about that other than it completely switched the momentum of that drive specifically because now they're, like, on the goal line. Um, and it just – it completely put the Chiefs in the driver's seat to, you know, take the lead again and put the pressure back on the Eagles. It was – you just – so they've had a defensive touchdown now, almost two, which I think it should have been. Um, and then it's – Turn so they were just the Chiefs were doing so many different things right at so many different levels, and that's what you need to do when you're playing a great team like the Eagles. I would not disagree. I mean, that yeah, I mean, the mistakes were made by the Eagles in the third and fourth quarter, and you can definitely see it. Um, you know, and as we'll get to, you know, <laughs> but well, I just might as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean the PI. Well, one, I don't know if you started saw, saw this. I saw a couple of glimpses of it today, but people were talking about how the clock didn't stop at five minutes for the Eagles when they got the bomb down the corner of the field. Where again, I can't remember the gentleman's name. Where he stepped out of bounds, like right at the two yard line. The big, I think it was in the fourth quarter. Huh. The clock actually didn't stop. And the Eagles were – because he stepped out of bounds and he was falling out of bounds. It wasn't a sense of, like, I made movement forward or that weird rule, right, yeah. where if you you have to huh. make – you have to make forward progress to, and then you go out of bounds. Right. But I noticed – and then I watched it twice, and I go, oh, wait, they were – there was a sense of them, like, losing time while they were going down to score. Again, I'm – I'm I'm talking about like two videos I watched right. and I go, oh my God, look at this. But nonetheless, yeah, we're getting into a referee fuck up with the Super Bowl, <laughs> the biggest on the biggest show in the world. And we have a oh. in my mind, again, I don't know the names, but the Chiefs were driving down the field. The Eagles defender, you know, he made like a little in and out. And he, within the five yards of play, may or may not have grabbed him. And, again, it comes down to a stain of the Super Bowl and just a big turd mark in this realm of one of the better games, one of the best games you and I have ever seen in our lifetime for a Super Bowl. And you have the audacity to throw a fucking pass interference flag in that moment i mean let the men play and the nfl roger goodell get your fucking fingers out of the pot that's how i felt and it's bullshit so let me read the text (laughs) (laughs) wow this is from polar bear to me wow that was not a fucking grab again the fucking refs fuck that bullshit and fuck the nfl That's all within five yards. Come on, man. Again, refs just throwing their hat into the ring. I hate this shit. <laughs> I was so pissed. And I think that's the – honestly, it's a – at first. So when I first, like, didn't see the replay – or no, when I first saw the replay, I thought he was downfield and grabbed him. And I go, okay, I guess I could get that. But then when I saw it again, I go, wait, that's like on the line of scrimmage. That's right. not even – and here's the thing, if we're going to really break it down, like, yes, you, he did grab him. 
But did it stop him from his route? Did it stop him from going upfield? Was the ball close? Why is it an automatic first down? And how do you call that on third and eight with the game on the line? I mean, it has to be egregious. If it's egregious, then you call it. But if it's tic-tac, and and here's the thing that really chapped my ass. It was such a well-officiated game because they were letting the guys play the whole time. There was no PIs called the entire game. There was no legal contact. There was nothing where I go, no, and there was no uh, roughing the passer. I go, ah, oh, this is fantastic. We're getting the guys in the field between the two best teams, figure out who's better. Right. And look at the game we had. We had the one of the best games, probably the best game of the year for sure, of all the games. And right. then one of the best Super Bowls ever. Even so, even though, like you said, it's stained because Jalen Hurts deserved a chance to get the ball back and see if he could do something with it. Cause then if the chiefs win that way, yep. it's totally more warranted and granted, you know, the chiefs can't do any do shit about it, but oh, it's just, I have a question. Just, for you. Yeah. Shoot it. Okay. Let me ask you this. Cause I was asked this at work today is let's say they call the penalty on the field, right? The, the referees throw the flag. They call PI. They, they, they preemptively, quote unquote, call the PI. But after, well, hold on. It was it was holding for first. Oh, excuse first me. and foremost, holding. holding. Sorry, okay. defense just for the record. No, no, no problem. <laughs> but let's just say that they throw the flag. They everyone is under the impression that it is a holding call, right? But then the refs come together and they wave the flag off. How do you feel? But this is my thing. How do you feel as a Chiefs fan, kind of put yourself into a Chiefs perspective, if they wave that off and there's enough time and the Chief, the, the Eagles go down and score and win the game? Well, in this situation, I, that's the right call. because That's what we're talking about right here is that we didn't see the holding. Correct. Um, I think they did actually get together, but it's – you just – like. It's just you made the mis- like like a guy made a mistake in a huge moment as a ref, and it sucks because like I told like I said to you they robbed us of the finish that we deserved. I wanted to see if the Eagles could go down. Um, Me too. And the real issue I have is the automatic first down. It it just changes everything because then I realized that the chiefs don't even have to run in a play again. And he can kick like a 20 yard field goal. And I go, ah, oh, that's, so that's it's brutal. I go, I mean, that's not even how this, I, we deserved better than that. Yes. And it's like the chiefs. Sure. If I'm on the chiefs. Like, I don't care. Like we're about to win the game. I'm, I'm down with that. If I'm on the team. Sure. But look, I, I just don't like that. You've had, you were really fine. You're, you're refing this game with a fine tooth comb. And then all of a sudden, you go, oh, well, I'm going funny. holding here on third down, biggest play of the game. I it, it was the wrong call. He had it like we're it's a split second decision. It was a wrong call. And it sucks because the final minute could have been so much more different. And then if Jalen Hurts goes down and scores, like you said, Eagles are the Super Bowl champs now. And the, he deserved that opportunity. Right. It's it's the championship game. Should not be won on a ref's bullshit. So whether they, I mean, something has to be done there because you can't just, if the whole world is like, that's not a hold, there has to be some accountability there. Whether you institute reviewing it or something, I know they never will, but I'm saying you should at least consider the gravity of this penalty that you're calling rather than just, oh no, it's holding, I think, and we'll go from there. Yeah, I I, I just, I'm, it's just so frustrating that again we are talking about another game that is spoiled by the word referee and mistake which is bullshit and you know it's bullshit it's it's just that's there's no other word for it it you took away the game that you me chiefs eagles fans that we wanted to see as men just playing their game and 
it's bullshit. It, it should never be done. I'm even under the mindset of like, you know, under two minutes, every, every penalty should be reviewed. Like I, I honestly, but this is my thing is the white hat has the ultimate decision. And right. if you're saying that they met again, I didn't see that. I was so fucking frustrated. Yeah. I, I think, if, I don't think the whole squad got, I think a few of them were like, did you see that? Did you see that? And uh, like I said, he did grab him, but the context when you review it is not a penalty. It's just not. No, no. In my honest opinion, if I was the white hat and be like, was it really a penalty? Yes or no. And if his guy said, yes, you got to take that. I understand that. But the thing is, is we are not, we don't get to see that. We don't get to understand those conversations, which I'm not, it doesn't make it fucking right, but you know, maybe record them, see what they were talking about. We'll see if they were really asking like, Hey, and how much did New York? In- That's beautiful. Hey, uh, I, got, I got something to, I got another question for you. Cause you okay. have, the, because the chief, all right. So Super Bowl completed. I mean, uh, uh, again, one of our, one of the best games that you and I've seen in our lifetime. I think the polar bear and the peanut were very pleased with what happened. The ending, we both agree, are very upset. fix the ending, but uh, 58 minutes of football were unbelievable. Love it. Love it. Now, going into the offseason, Mr. Peanut's very excited. He's got first-round draft pick on the board. Number one overall. Number, Number one. one. All overall. Now, let me ask you a question. <laughs> and this com- this comes from Mr. Mario Fierro, if you don't know, an, an exceptional alum, alum of Cathedral Catholic that we knew that had, has uh, passed away uh, two years ago now or a little over a year. He brought up this question, and I, I want to ask you because <laughs> you are a immediate recipient of that worst spot by receiving the first overall pick. Yes, worst team. Mario, Mario had brought up that the first overall pick should be played by the two worst teams in the NFL. Would you want to do that as a cheat as a Bears fan right now? Wait, the, the it would be like the teams face off and who wins the game gets the first overall? Correct. Well, we did actually. We beat the Texans in week three. So <laughs> that was one of the three wins. <laughs> there you go. I, you know what? I was thinking I about the idea. I think it's a fantastic I think I think it's so cool. I wanted to ask you about it. It's just something that, you know. It would be, first of all, so embarrassing for both those teams to be in that game. Correct. But as, as the fan, I mean, yeah. It, it, it involves less, I guess, the, the real. And that's so Mario to bring that question to the table. Oh, but yeah. It, uh, <laughs> it would eliminate tanking because you need the win to get the number one pick. Correct. Um, the Bears did very little winning uh, this entire year. Like you said, I am excited because a lot of things can happen to my team. Right. Um, and I think, I think I'll wait to dive into it. This is, uh, this is Super Bowl. This is Super Bowl talk. I'll wait to get into uh, – the draft discussion as yes. we get closer to the date, but I mark me excited. I'm always an optimist. I can't get any lower because we're at the lowest point. <laughs> um, I will say tying this back to the Super Bowl, the way Jalen Hurts was playing. I texted you this makes yeah. me I'm very excited about Justin Fields' potential, and I think you made a great point immediately when I said that. You said build a great team around him and the results will follow. And I think that is hundred percent correct. I think uh, one of the worst things that not just the bears have done, but teams that try to go a different route is they try to make, put it all on the best athletes shoulders to make that team good instead of putting great players around them. Right. Obviously you're going to be better with more talent around you. So, you know, we're at the very beginning, but I, I'm excited about the potential, but I... All right, let's wrap this up. Close her out. All right, Sports Banter. Super Bowl has concluded, and man, was it a show. An absolute show. And if you didn't catch the halftime show, you got to watch that shit on YouTube, too, because that was electric 
five. Exceptional. Unbelievable. Exceptional. Amazing. Uh, straight hits. Straight hits. Love and maybe Rihanna was uh, big when we were in, in high school, and that's kind of why it struck a chord. But I thought it was fantastic. It was one of the best halftime shows. It was so cool. And with the high rises, I mean, she's 500 feet in the air. Just crushing it. Oh my. That was great. Unfortunately, and the the Kansas City Chiefs are the Super Bowl champions, the best team in the NFL. Credit to them. Hopefully, one of our teams can get to that echelon one day. But this is also it's always probably the most sad day, so sad episode of sports banter because our number one go to sport we discuss here on this platform is over, and it went by quick. Oh, it went yeah. by fast. Yeah. And just an unbelievable see a lot of great storylines this year. Loved covering every second of it with you. Oh yeah. It's always the best. And I think our playoff editions are my most favorite, but the just the week in, week out banter <laughs> about oh well, we predicted this team's good and they stink, and we predicted this team to be good and they stink. And uh it's there's just nothing better than NFL chatter with the polar bear, man. Oh, I agree. I agree, man. It's been an exceptional season uh, for the NFL. Uh, you know, I think, you know, to that point of saying teams early in the season are going to be really shitty. And, you know, I ate those words with the Bengals this year and I, I, I took it on the chin. Oh, no, you've owned up to it. <laughs> I, yes. And I, I am. I am. I have owned up to that. But, oh, yeah, it's been exceptional. I think this is actually you know, one of my more favorite seasons for watching football because I finally have that team on my shoulders again, uh, being yes, a Bulls fan. Um, but yeah, man, it's been fantastic. Beautiful. And we're looking forward to baseball season for sure, which is our next our next passion. Padres, a lot of stuff to talk about there. That'll be coming up. We got March Madness tournament coming up in March. Um. And we're going to, you know, there's there's going to be some other things that we'll cover, but those are probably our two main things out the gate I can think of. And based on the year the Padres had last year, it's going to be a lot of Padres. Oh, yeah. And I'm excited about it, man, because we are fire, We are on a freaking winning streak with Sports Banter, baby. We are, right. we are locked in. We've got dates. We've got schedules. We're, we're, we're basically a business, a full-grown business. That's right. <laughs> Former, do you have any last uh, final words for the great people of sports banter? Well, as Mr. Peanut brought it up, we got a lot in the hopper, and all of that will be seen on our Instagram page, underscore sports banter, where we have our link tree, which allows you to get into all of our streaming platforms, YouTube, uh, Spotify, Google, Apple Podcasts, all, also our blogs as well, Blog City. Um, but again, get in see what we got going on. We even got the, you know, the results from our fantasy football. We got our Super Bowl draft coming up. We're going to have a lot of things coming out, man, and it's going to be hype, hyped up. Love that. Very well said. But for episode 30 of season two, we out. See ya.